Hi, this is The Greatest Story Ever Played. I'm Dan, and today we are going to be talking about Episode 2, The Lost Lords, from uh, Game of Thrones, the Telltale series. Coming back, I guess, uh, returning from the TV show characters who appear, Peter Dinklage is back again as Tyrion Lannister, as is Natalie Dormer as uh, Marjorie Tyrell, and then we also have Kit Harington as Jon Snow showing up for the first time in the game. And this episode, like the last one, you end up playing multiple different characters. In this uh, episode, you end up playing as Mira Forrester, Roderick Forrester, Garrett Tuttle, and Asher Forrester. So what I'm going to do uh, this time is I'm actually going to just take each character's story and just do that all at once and then jump to the next character and what their story was. I think that it's easier to keep in line instead of kind of bouncing around like the episode did. So with that, we will start out in King's Landing with Mira. And Mira is writing up wedding invitations for Marjorie, who is soon to be wed to King Joffrey. They talk for a little while and Marjorie ends up sneak uh, ends up leaving and Mira has an opportunity to forge a letter, either um, to send it to someone who she needs to have allied with her family or not. So your option is to forge the letter or not do it. And we decided, I decided not to forge the letter. 76% of people did this. Only 24% of people did forge the letter. I didn't do this. Um, I didn't see the gain. I think that Mira being in King's Landing, I think she can kind of help her family in Ironrath from afar, but if she um, gets seen as not loyal to the crown, then uh, her cover will be busted. Marjorie Tyrell, Tyrell won't be able to help her. I thought last time in episode one when we tried to do stuff, that was probably as far as we could go. Otherwise, we probably got to play it more cool. So I did that. After this, uh, Sira, uh and or Sarah, I think, and Mira, they end up going to the garden. So Sarah is another one of the handmaidens for Marjorie Tyrell. They go there, and Sarah has some of Cersei's wine that um, she apparently had stolen, and she wants to tell Mira a secret. She offers Mira some wine, and I decline it because I don't want to get involved in stealing from Cersei. She's not a person you want to be on the bad side of for sure. While uh, sitting there and drinking, Tyrion stumbles upon us and asks what we're doing, where we got the wine from. We end up giving him some, and he recognizes it's his sister's, so we're a little concerned that we could get busted. But uh, Tyrion then decides, Mira, hey, come meet with Lord Whitehill's men with me, uh, his merchants, because they're trying to sell uh, the timber from Ironrath that they took last episode. When he gets there, he tells them that he wants to buy from Mira instead of from them and basically like shuts them down and kicks them out pretty quick and Mira's into negotiating that she never had planned to and so she tries to kind of work to be the exclusive uh, timber trader Ironrath for the king and Tyrion's interested he'll do that after this she goes home and she finds a note on her bed asking her to meet in the garden that night for information about the imp 
about Tyrion. And her stuff has been looked through, but it's not like her room wasn't trashed or anything. So she's intrigued, but not quite scared either. So midnight rolls around. She goes into the garden. And she ends up seeing a soldier who tells her he needs to leave. She needs to leave. She gets ready to leave. But then uh, Damien, another soldier who was listening in on the meeting to with Tyrion as a guard, uh, comes up and says, Oh, hey, did you get my note? She says yes, and then he tries to attack her. He says, you've uh, crossed one too many people. You've made someone too high up angry. And he tries to kill her. And so a fight ensues with Mira and Damien. It's going back and forth a little bit. Uh, the I think his name's Joe, the coal boy who we met in the last episode. He ends up trying to rescue Mira. And then he's getting choked out in the fountain by Damien. Mira then has the opportunity to kill Damien or run away. And I decided to kill Damien, to kill Mira's attacker. I didn't want Joe to die as he helped us previously. Also, this guy was going to kill us. Um, I don't know who sent him or anything, but if he's dead, then maybe this will be over. So I killed him, and 90% of people did do this. Only uh, 10% just flee in the moment. After this, what happens is Joe will take the body and dispose of it himself so that it can't be found. And then you run away and you hide uh, the dagger that Damien had somewhere on your way back to your room. So that's Mira in King's Landing. Next, we go to Ironrath. And it starts off, and Roderick is in a cart full of dead foresters. Um, and he's with there's a man who's trying to sell the forester bodies basically back to the foresters. And you wake up. Um, this was a shock, because we all thought Roderick was dead. He sure looked dead during the battle. He looked dead laying in the cart. He wakes up. He actually sees his dad's dead body next to him. When uh, the cart of dead bodies gets to Ironrath, Sir Royland tells the guy to go away. Like, get out of here. What are you doing trying to sell us these, you asshole, basically? Roderick, though, sees this as his only opportunity to not get thrown into the river after being, uh, because Ironrath didn't take the dead bodies. So Roderick, like, uses his elbow to basically fall out of the cart so that they recognize, oh my god, this is Roderick and he's alive. After this, Roderick has surgery um, to uh, repair his wounds, of course. And he ends up waking up and hears Talia, his sister, humming. He then, uh, you know, embraces Talia, they have a nice reunion, and then Roderick is helped by Talia to get to the council meeting that was going on. Um, and you go through kind of an intense, Lord Whitehill soldiers are there, and you kind of make your way to the council meeting, but you're obviously in rough shape. Uh, but you make it there, um, which was good. You end up having the council meeting uh, to figure out what to do. Should we fight these people now? Should we keep them drunk, whatever. We decide to keep the soldiers drunk to buy us some time. Meanwhile, uh, there's another family, the Glenmores, who Elena was pledged to be married to Roderick before uh, this all went down. Now, though, of course, there's at least sort of a war going on, or potential for a war, and Roderick is not as handsome as he once was. His wounds are bad, but he also has a big, like, scratch across his face. He's not looking great. Um, 
he's not uh, the young hot dude he was before, I guess. Um, so they're a little worried, will she still want to be married or not with the political climate? And also, he's not looking as good. And he's injured. Like, if he's a crippled king, potentially, like, is that desirable? So they try to weigh out the council thing, but Roderick um, asserts his authority. He says, I'm in charge, you know, and kind of sets the tone. He, he's able to show some real leadership, which was cool. After the council meeting, Elena actually shows up at Ironrath to talk to Roderick. And you have the opportunity to try to convince her to stay married. Let's keep our engagement. Let's do this. We can be allianced, etc. And I was able to get her to agree to stay married to Roderick. In it, I, I recall it on past times, I guess, uh, when they were... I think teenagers or something they had like a there was like a festival that their two families were at and they like stayed up all night dancing and it was really great romantic and so I went with that angle and she was like you know I am and I was honest with her like you know through it too like you know we do have issues with Lord Whitehill's people but um and a war could happen but I'm not trying to just bring you in to be my ally like I care about you so that's the route I went and uh, she was into that so Elena agrees to marry Roderick that's great 48% of people had this happen 52% of people had Elena refuse to marry them so I don't know if they maybe were dishonest or went too much with the let's be allies but like not as much the I'm into you and I actually care about you route that's my guess I'm not sure Chris on Twitter wrote in, though, and he said that she only agreed to it on my second playthrough. So the first time she rejected his betrothal as well. Shortly after this, Lord Whitehill shows up and is trying to make a fuss of everything, being an asshole, as he has been. And he says that I will let your little brother Ryan come to the funeral of uh, your little brother who... Ethan, who got killed, and your dad. I'll let him come, but you need to bend the knee and kiss my ring. I rejected this. I thought that trying to play it more diplomatic, it didn't work last time. Of course, Ramsey Snow's a psycho, so maybe that was a bad play last time anyway. Uh, but I didn't want to do that. I didn't think Iron Wrath could afford doing anything but being strong. So I stood up to Lord Whitehill and was like, I'm not doing that. You're just a guy, basically. So I stood up to Lord Whitehill. 70% of people did this. 30% on the other hand bent the knee and did kiss Lord Whitehill's ring. So some uh, discrepancy, but not a ton. Chris on Twitter said that he kissed Lord Dushill's ring. So he was one of the 30%. Uh, must have felt that that was the right move to keep things okay between Ironrath and Whitehill's after this, we go up to the wall with Garrod. And Garrod arrives at the wall, and he meets some other uh, 2B rangers. He meets Finn. Uh, this guy's an asshole. Supposedly, he got sent to the wall because he was having sex with some lord's wife. And then that lord found out, and so he killed him. And so that's how he ended up here. We also meet a guy named Cotter, who is a thief. He got up there for stealing something. 
And then we also meet Frostfinger. And Frostfinger is one of kind of the officers of the Night Watch. His role is to train the new recruits to help divvy them up as to where they should be. After this, you end up doing some varying training exercises. Uh, you get to do some archery. You do some sword fighting. You end up doing a barrel lift and kind of showing your stuff to Frostfinger if you're capable or not. In this time, uh, before this, uh, Finn was being kind of an asshole. Then when you were doing the barrel lift, uh, that was the last one I did, and while I was carrying it, Finn like pushed me to try to make me fuck it up. So there was difficulty there. He's an asshole. Don't like him. Uh, earlier, while listening to Frostfinger give a speech, Finn uh, kept talking, and then Cotter sort of talked, and we were kind of in between them, and Frostfinger called us out. It felt like a, um, like a moment in school where the teacher's like, what are you doing? It was one of those, except with a Night's Watch, so that's obviously much scarier. And we end up uh, just saying it was our fault. We don't blame either one of them. We just take the blame at that point. So, so far, I felt like we were trying to be kind of one of the boys. But then, after going through these training exercises, and Finn is an asshole, I'm kind of like, alright, I don't like this guy. I don't care if you're one of the Night's Watch. I'm over it. Then, uh, we find out that Cotter steals Finn's knife. He shows us, and I don't say anything to him. I don't tell him to give it back, but I also don't, uh, like, congratulate him, basically. Of course, after this... Finn realizes that his knife is gone, and he accuses Cotter of stealing. And you're given the opportunity to either stand up for Cotter, or you can give Cotter up to Finn. And I stood up for Cotter, and I end up fighting Finn, uh, and get some stuff going with him. 95% of people did this. Only 5% of people gave Cotter up to Finn. And... Of course, right, Finn's an asshole. I think if he wouldn't have pushed me before, I don't know if I would have went against him necessarily. But because he did that, I was like, I don't care if Cotter's a thief. Like, he's at least one of us. You're just a prick. And maybe you need stood up to to be able to get in line. I'm not sure. So we fight him. We beat him up a little bit. After this feat, the fight, uh, Jon Snow ends up taking you on top of the wall. He says he needs a man, and he takes us. We end up talking with Jon Snow, and he tells us that we need to get along with the other recruits, that most of the people who are here are thieves and murderers and rapists and people like that. That's who's on the Night's Watch. We need to be able to get along with them, whereas us, we were a squire to a lord, so we're, we're going to be better at fighting um, and be fancy and almost be able to be ostracized if we can't um, become brothers with these people. We need to become brothers with people. That's what Jon Snow sells us. And it's cool because it's obviously a mirror image of what Jon Snow himself went through when he got to the wall. At first when Jon Snow got to the wall, uh, people were like, oh, you think you're important because um, you're a Stark, but you're not important at all. You're just some fucking guy up here, basically. So Jon Snow had to go through it himself. So it was cool having Jon Snow um, mature and things like that. And become Lord Commander, I believe, at this point. And he's able to give you instruction on how to be a good Night's Watch person and make friends and stuff like that. It was cool. It was a good moment. It was cool being on top of the wall, too, and getting to kind of see out. 
Um, of course, it's a game, so it didn't look as awesome as in the show, but it was still pretty cool. Uh, so that was good. It was nice seeing Jon Snow. He's definitely one of my favorite characters, so it was cool seeing him. Lastly, we go across the Narrow Sea to be with Asher. And Asher and Beska are hanging out in a bar, getting ready to redeem a ransom. Uh, Beska, she is a warrior who's like total badass. Really, like her and Asher are like super mighty, awesome warrior people, and they're like a duo who work together, it seems. And they're waiting to redeem a ransom they picked up, some guy who they're gonna uh, cash out on. However, some Lost Legion members show up, led by a guy named Tazel. And they're like, here, you're going to take this money, and we're going to take the bounty and cash them in. We say that we won't do that. Tazel, though, ends up killing the hostage, I, I think so that we can't redeem him as an alive person, maybe. And a fight breaks out. We start killing some Lost Legion guys, and... We end up having an opportunity where Tazel gets knocked out. We cut off one of his hands, and we can either uh, like step on his ribs and hurt him and leave him, or we can step on his neck and kill him and leave. I killed him because I thought no loose ends was the best way to go. Unfortunately, after that, we're getting ready to leave, and more Lost Legion people show up. The fight continues, um, and it's looking a little questionable, but then Al Uncle Malcolm shows up, and saves them um, from last week after he got sent. He shows up in the nick of time, kills like one last guy, and then Asher, Beska, and Uncle Malcolm are on the run to get out of the city. While talking, uh, they end up, Malcolm tells them, uh, tells Asher what's going on, that he's there to get Asher, and he's also there to get a sellsword army to fight for Ironrath. So, he needs people to fight on behalf of Ironrath, but then he says, we need someone to lead them. And so far, I played it a little more modest, saying that, like, Beshka could lead them, you know, I'm, like, I, I kind of played it that way, and I thought that would be a good way to kind of build up my partner, because um, I want her to, you know, be with us. I, I'm, I think she's kind of a long-haul person I want to be with, with Asher, and uh, Malcolm, of course, says that his dad and Roderick are dead because Malcolm left before Roderick was back. So he doesn't know Roderick's alive. On the other hand, Malcolm does not know that Ethan is dead. So Asher's got a little bit old information, but he knows shit's going down at Ironrath and they're going to need help. So uh, now Asher, Beshka, and Malcolm are going to head to another city where... Uh, uh, Danny Targaryen is because she has some people who are her soldiers who apparently owe Asher a favor. So we're going to try to link up with them. Alright, so uh, that's episode 2, The Lost Lords uh, on Game of Thrones. So if you have any uh, comments, uh, thoughts, feedback, games you'd like us to see do in the future, whatever, please email us at thegreateststoryeverplayed at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thegreateststoryeverplayed and on Twitter at storyeverpod. And uh, yeah, we will see you next time.